Welcome to our weekly podcast, Real Talk with Chris and Ross. We are designed for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. We also care very heavily around the real estate industry as a whole, bringing you hot topics and up-to-date content with a lot of amazing special guest speakers along the way. So sit back, buckle your seatbelt, and get ready for the best hour of your day. Two weeks been off Ross Robson. We were gone for Fourth of July week, and then last week I was honored to be out in Texas for Build 2023, which was amazing. Oh uh, man, fireworks! Fireworks! This from Fourth of July on, it was like fireworks nonstop, and Texas had its full share of fireworks. Anyways, welcome to the show, Real Talk with Chris Ross. We are episode 32, and it feels good to be back in the saddle again. Uh, my co-host with the mostest, Ross Ross in the third. How you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing incredible, and I'm so excited to talk to Coco today and get to know more about our featured guests. Let's go. I know. I love it. I love it. Every week, we have some remarkable, amazing, top, talented special guests, and this week, we have another one. Um, Coco actually is one of ours. She is with us in California, really close to me, actually, in the Bay Area. So for those who don't know who are listening in the podcast world, California, it's not San Diego. I feel like every time we talk to somebody, they say, oh, I know California. It's like San Diego always. It's never like modesto to fresno it's like nothing's that it's like oh yeah i know california it's either san diego or san francisco the two classic points in california everything else is irrelevant i feel like but the bay area which coco resides in is an amazing like just melting pot of amazing people with high-priced homes which is super expensive and anyways love coco she's amazing always smiling love her demeanor love her personality love her energy upbeat and always 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 wanting to learn man and she's always wanting to grow and like new ideas new ideas she's definitely not afraid to jump off the cliff at all so i love and respect her dearly coco and you actually are not in the bay area today so you are zooming with us from greece italy like oh my gosh look at that and it's dark cool. over there. what time is it over there coco it's not almost 9 15 and i'm on the island of crete in greece oh. Wow. Um, and the window open, you can kind of see the sun saying there's a pool outside. I'm in a, I'm in a villa, um, enjoying the weather and actually out here training real estate agents and talking about the big issues out here. And I get to meet real estate agents. So I'm enjoying Greece, but I'm also learning, like you said, and asking questions and figure out how I can help real estate agents grow. And I'm learning in the process. So it's really cool. I love it. This is like your journey. This is like your calling, I believe, you know, like everybody has a calling. This is your calling. Um, well, awesome. I'd love to hear that. We'll hear more about Greece in a minute, Crete in a minute. Um, do a favor, show the podcast we're out there. Those are, don't know who Coco is, and that's obviously short nickname, Coco. Um, go ahead, introduce yourself real quick. Give us a quick glimpse of your life and kind of how you got to where you're at so far. Yeah, so um, I started out, actually, I have an um, undergrad in international business with an emphasis in finance. I have a master's in taxation. I used to work for um, Ernst & Young, one of the big four, um, in their tax department. I did that for a while and I was like, oh, I'll try something different. And I went into corporate America. I did outside sales for really big companies um, and did tech sales. And at that time I had two little kids already. Um, I unfortunately lost my third child. He passed away 30 weeks pregnant. So I came to a realization that being in the corporate world, working really like seven in the morning to seven at night, 
not enjoying what I was doing. It was great, but it wasn't like fulfilling me. Losing a child, I told my husband that I was done. I was getting job offers. And it's funny, even to this day, I will talk with VPs of sales who are like, come run the department. Like, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do tech corporate. No, no more. But what happened was I was getting these job opportunities where they would say, I'll give you half a million dollars plus bonuses and everything. You'll make a million a year. Come work for our team and sell. You're so good at sales. And after losing my child, I was like, I don't want it. I was so unhappy. I was, I never saw my kids um, losing a child that young. Like, I mean, he, I was still pregnant. So it was 30 weeks, but it was a full term baby mm-hmm. and we were ready for him to come. And I said to my husband, I need something different. And he said, why don't you try real estate? You're always interested in homes. And the funny thing is I'll go to my friend's homes or people's homes, not necessarily to socialize, but I was like, I want to see what their home looks like. What is, what do they do inside? What is it like? It was always fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I did it. And uh, my first year I was pregnant with my now third living child. Um, I was at Keller Williams and I was rookie of the year with no real estate experience. Nobody in my family does real estate. I was actually cautioned by my parents. Do not do real estate. You're throwing your life away. You're making the worst choice ever. How could you do this? You have a corporate job that pays you really well. I was like the child that ruined everything. Mm -hmm. And I did it. I jumped in and I was rookie of the year my first year. By my third year in real estate, I actually became top producer and I still am a top producer. I'm going into my eighth year in real estate. I have four little kids now and I get to travel the world. I'm also an international speaker and a certified success coach. And I get to travel the world and I get to meet people. I get to talk at events and I still sell real estate. And I, I just love what I do. Wow. That's amazing. What a story, right? And so I didn't even know about your third child. I apologize to hear about that. So sorry. Thank um, you. That's got to be a traumatic experience that probably nobody really can relate to. And obviously, so... Um, but I just want to say real quick, I, I think your personality just like upfront is someone who doesn't take no for an answer. I feel like you're somebody who not just knowing knocks on doors, you kick doors in. Um, you're definitely that person who maybe even lacks a little bit of patience, but that's just your personality of like, right. Just a driver type personality of like, boom, 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 boom. So I feel like no matter what you're about to embark on and whatever career you're about to do, I, I, I uh, feel bad for those who actually kind of maybe like disgruntled you and talked to you in a negative way about it. Cause I think they were like in for a show that mm-hmm. probably fueled you even more. Um, yeah. But your corporate America background is remarkable. I mean, how easy would it be to go back and say, yeah, I'll take that half a million dollar a year salary. I'll yeah. take those bonuses. I'll take the easy guaranteed certain, right? It's, you know, it's, it's funny cause it's certain. And I get it. Even like my husband's company that he's at every time I talk to them, they're like, can you please come work for us? Can you please come join our sales team? Can you please run this division? I was actually in London at his office and they were like, whoa, why don't you come out here and help us sell? Like, that's crazy. And I go, I don't want it. I work 15 hours a week in real estate and I make a high six figure income and I get to spend the time with my children. I enjoy my life. I get to do what I want to do and I get to build my global team that I'm building. Why would I ever go back? Like, Why would I do that? It just doesn't make sense. I love doing this. And I, you know, one of the biggest things, a lot of people talk about finding a purpose. Mm-hmm. You have to have a purpose and purpose is so important because if you don't have a purpose or like Keller Williams, your why, right? Mm-hmm. Your big why. Yep. Yep. You feel lost. And I, I'm writing a book called the five-year plan. I know Chris knows, you know, I've talked to him um, offline a little bit about this, but if you don't have a true purpose or a plan, you end up circling 
and you get stuck and the years pass you by and you don't realize you're circling until one day you wake up and you're like, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. I didn't change anything. And so many people are just stuck. And I said, the reason is because your purpose is not strong enough and you're not fast tracking. You're not calculating back saying my five-year plan is this. Here's what I'm going to do each year, every year. Here's what I'm going to do every month. Here's what I'm going to do every week. Here's what I have to do every day to get to it. And people yeah. get lost on the journey. And the journey is really what life is about, not the goals. Mm. And so I have a true purpose of helping people. And I help so many people who actually when I hear in Greece, I was talking to someone and he said, you're going to do that for how much money? And I said, no, no, I, I'm going to do it for free because I'm kind. And he goes, maybe there's a language barrier. I, I don't think I understand you. How, how much do I need to pay you? to help me market my villas. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think you understand. <laughs> I will do it for free. Mm -hmm. He was just baffled by that. He was like, why would somebody mm. help me for no money at all? And I was like, because I'm a good person. Like I believe in good energy. I have a purpose. If I can help you, it'll help others. And so on goes the cycle. So that's the way I look at things. Love that. So Coco, first off, right off the gate, I love your story. I mean, the fact that you you just, you know, your value and your worth to such a high degree and the way you carry yourself, I, I it's just contagious. You're like, this, this success is rolling through all the way from Greece over here, right in Michigan. And uh, that's awesome. You know, um, excited to see your book, by the way, that's going to be cool. Uh, cannot wait to, to wait when it releases. I guess one of my questions is right off the bat, because you, you said, you know, hey, I had these jobs. I had this these offers. I knew, you know, what I wanted. Um, and your husband kind of mentioned real estate and you got into it. You know, I can tell you're very structured and have plans and you know your vision when you got into real estate. Right. That first year that you started, um, did you you know latch on to a great coach? Did you have a great mentor? What was your what was your thought as that new agent of how you were going to take this? And I guess, did you envision it to be this big? So the funny thing is when I got into real estate, I was just like, I need to make money <laughs> because yeah. I came been leaving a job where I made so much money to one income, having children who are in private school, having nothing. And I was just like, I need to make this work. Like, I don't care what I have to do. So I didn't have a vision. I didn't have a plan. It was just, I kind of, I, I like to associate like a wolf. I wanted to smell out people. I was hungry. It's like, who could I work with? Who's really going to work with me? Oh, they didn't work. They didn't work. And I would just throw things to the wall. Whatever stuck, stuck. Mm -hmm. um, I had a mentor because Keller Williams assigned you a mentor, um, but I did at least back then. And so I had a mentor at the time, uh, Doug Goss, who was amazing. And he always, he still introduced me as um, the person who does it differently because we were required to go to classes. We were required mm -hmm. to meet with him and learn the contracts. And he would scream. This is how I got Coco, by the way. He would scream down the hallway, Christina, Coco, Loka, Gaki, go, God, oh, Coco. And he just started screaming, where is Coco? Because I was supposed <laughs> to meet him for contracts and to go over it. And I would be running down the hallway at the contract and be like, I don't have time. I'm writing an offer. Help me write an offer. Did I do it right? So it was more of, I just took a hold of it. And this is kind of my personality. I figure it out. And Chris knows I get stuck a lot. And I tell people when I coach them, don't think I never get stuck. I fail so much. The difference is you fail, you mm -hmm. dust yourself off, you do it again, you mm -hmm. fail, you dust it, you have to, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I first started in real estate, that's what I did. I tried so many things. I worked with so many buyers. It was mainly buyers. I did so much that by my third year, I knew who my ideal client was. I knew who I wanted to go after. I knew who I wanted to work with. And 
I worked mainly with buyers, almost 100% buyers, and became a top producer. And I worked less hours than these listing agents were doing, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Hmm. I love that. You know, and I think that is such a great approach, right? Because you don't know what you don't know until you know. And so you just jumped in, you got your hands right into the mess. You had to figure it out. And, uh, you know, as a result of that, though, you started to build by year three, then you had your ideal client. And I'm assuming by then you really knew your time and everything and you were able to really map that out. That's great. So what I'm hearing is for those new agents that are listening or even someone that's in the business, it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. The fact that you're just going out there and you're making that effort and having the ability to, you know, I know you said stuck or fail or make a mistake or not have the answer, but that's okay. You know, sometimes we all get caught up in that analysis paralysis and we don't make any decisions. So I love that, that you have that spirit about you and that ability to go all in. You know, what's interesting, though, when I added this, though, in the beginning, if you talk about your first part of your story, you said you just need to make money. And I think that's relevant to everybody, right? When you get in this business, you need to make money. So if you ask somebody, oh, was this your main purpose? Did you have it? Like, I get it. No, I need to freaking make money, put food on my table. Like Veronica Figueroa yesterday, right? Her great in the team meeting. She needed to, she had kids. She needed to make money and there was no other option. So I'm going to do what I got to do. So I love that. First off, again, let's just start there. It makes you know that you're actually a human. Mm-hmm. like everybody else, right? You put your pants on one leg at a time and you realize that I had to get in this and I need to make money, number two. But then your purpose and your why didn't come clear to you until a later time. So you had to go through this process. I think so many people, a lot of times get in this business and like, I need extreme clarity. I need purpose. I need to know it all right now because we're told that, right? Mm-hmm. We go to seminars, we go to like Craig Parker's, we go to Grant Cardone's, we go to Tony Robbins, we go, and they say, okay, you got to get clear, you got to get vision, you got to get you know, really focus. What's your why? What's your why? And maybe you don't even know what your why is. I mean, let's ask an 18 year old kid who's graduating high school. Do you know what you want to be when you get out? No, I have no idea, but I'm going to go to college for four years and drink lots of alcohol and party. And then hopefully I can learn something, right? That's the goal. So even adults get into real estate and have no clue what they want to do ultimately. So I love that. I want to make sure everybody understands that like, this is quit making it more difficult than what it is. This is literally one, two, three ABCs. And you started and I love your story, Coco, because you proved that. But you also have something that most people don't have. That's gas in your tank. Like you are a fire freaking cracker, like for real on like on steroids. So let's start there. But you're going to say something. I mean, I feel like you're an interrupter, but yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I coach so many people and I've talked to so many people. I've talked to new agents. I've talked to agents who've been in the business for 20 plus years and who've lost their mojo. I am so big on explaining that life is the journey not the goals Mm -hmm. because it's and i love tony robin i can't remember exactly how he said it but he basically said that he got to a point where he hit all his goals he's made all the money he's ever gonna make he's got everything and he was just like if i didn't have my purpose of why of like really just helping people and enjoying this trip he goes i would have sat here being like what do i do next like i would not Mm -hmm. be happy and i know so many people who are super wealthy who are not happy you Mm -hmm. know their kids hate them they're divorced what they're miserable but they have millions in the bank so I tell people, I say, you may not have it all figured out and that's okay. Cause I'm still, even though I have my purpose, it still grows and it changes and I still figure what makes me happy. And I try to veer to happiness, mm-hmm. but I tell people, I go, enjoy the journey, mm-hmm. enjoy that journey. Because by the time you realize it, as you go and you hit one goal and you're not satisfied and you go to the next goal and you're not satisfied, you're going to wake up in your sixties or your seventies no kids around to love you, no spouse around or partner to love you. And you're going to be miserable. And I see it so much. So I tell people, slow down. Yes, the goals are important, 
but follow the journey, just mm. enjoy the life. And so for me, I have a lot of frustrations. Like, uh, you know, for me building my global team, I've been with eXp for um, six years and I keep telling myself I should be farther along. I should mm -hmm. be doing more and I'm not. And I kind of get disheartened. I keep telling myself, but timing is meant to be. Like my kids always tell me, mom, if you knew that baby Michael was going to pass away, would you have changed something or would you have done something knowing this information? And I always tell them no. And they go, really? And I go, because then I wouldn't have my two other kids, uh -huh. right? Like you have to go through a path to get to somewhere. So it's like, I wasn't ready in my twenties to do this kind of career. Like if I was, I'm 40 now and in my twenties, if I knew all this information, great. But when I was 20, I didn't know any of this. Because I had to learn it. I had to go through the journey to experience it. And I think too many people see these people who are really successful mm. and they say, this is what I want. I'm just going to be there. And I, I have to admit that was me a while ago too. You, you trying to jump over a bridge that's not built and you mm. keep jumping and falling, climbing back, jumping and falling, climbing back. And now I've realized that you have to build the bridge as you go to get to the other side. Mm. You can't just jump it. You have to learn as you go. You have to change. You have to tweak it. You have to develop it. You have to build it. Or else when you get there, you won't be ready to take on what lies there. Uh, True. Because you you're not growing in parallel to your, your dreams and goals, aspirations. Yeah. So you're like one of there's, there's a disconnect. There's a bridge. There's a gap. And yeah. I think you're right. Well, a couple of things I love about that is, is the purpose because that's my thing too. Like what is your purpose? And I think it's a very loosely used term. Because you can ask a room probably about 100 people, who knows what their purpose is? Mm -hmm. And probably like two people, I mean, and being honest, don't like, don't bullshit me and like, oh, my purpose is to feed all the hungry. Okay, that's like everybody's purpose. Let's just be honest. If you're a, a nice, genuine human being, you want to feed all the hungry people. Mm -hmm. But what is the most internal purpose that is the most like in tune to your soul? Mm -hmm. Like it's yours. What is your one that you own? And I don't think people know. I personally just found mine out this past year in January when I was writing all my stuff down and trying to identify what I was going to do this year. Finally, my purpose came to like a light bulb, right? Mm. So yeah, I, I love that because that's very synonymous to you really growing and building and developing and making these new levels is if you don't know your purpose, then you're right. You're going to make a million dollars. If you're just a, like a driver, you're going to make a million, but you're going to be completely unhappy and you have no purpose and you're going to stop with a million and have nothing else to move forward to. So yeah, that's why I say, you know, the journey is the journey. It's the constant. It's life. You'll never go to your fullest potential. If you have purpose, you'll never reach your full potential. Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many levels to that too, right? I mean, just this year, I'm starting to adapt in that place where, yeah, you know, I'm not happy that, that I'm not at my goals here, but I can celebrate where I've been and find that peace in the day to day to celebrate and still move forward. Because, you know, I love that Coco. I've been that guy, right? I've had the house, the, the, the wife, the kids, the, the perfect picture and yet have been so miserable, you know, and I'm like, wait, I, I'm not supposed to be unhappy right now. Why am I unhappy? You know, and I'm running on the hamster wheel because more, more, more will figure it out. Right. And that's just not necessarily always the fix. That's it's good. Not. And, and so many people are like, oh, look at you. You're so amazing. You get to go to Greece. You get to do this. You get to do that. But, but I look at it. I'm like, but why am I so amazing? Look, look mm -hmm. what you've done. Like, so I was coaching this one agent. And um, she was always struggling, couldn't get a, couldn't get a listing, couldn't get a buyer, just really struggling. And I was just thinking about it one day and I stopped and I called her and I said, do you have five minutes? Let's just do a quick coaching call. She's like, sure. I go, 
I need to ask you an honest question and I need the truth. Like, I don't want to, don't BS me. I need the truth on this question. She's like, oh my God, what is it? I go, when was the last time you told yourself that you love yourself? Mm. And she was like, what? I was like, don't, don't think about it. When was the last time you said, I love you to yourself? Mm. She goes, never. Mm -hmm. We need to start right there. Yeah. Because if you don't love yourself and you don't appreciate yourself, what happens is you always, you do, you fight for more. You think, oh, if I make more money or if I'm a better wife or I'm a better mother, mm -hmm. everything is better. And about two years ago, I was driving and um, I was listening to some podcasts that I love that like, cause you can tell I like mindset stuff and I really am trying mm -hmm. to grow and be a better person and help more people. And they were just talking about going back in your past and forgiving people who you feel hurt you because they may not even know, but you have to go tell them, you have to come to it. And I was just driving, I turned it off. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't do that. I can't talk to some of these people. I'm, I just, I'm so sad about them. They, they've hurt me so much. And subconsciously it was like, do you know, I love you. And I just started bawling as I was driving and it was the best feeling thing in the whole world. So I told my coaching client to do it about three months after she did it, she got all this confidence and she started closing listing after listing after mm -hmm. listing. She was hitting them and she was closing them because she didn't worry anymore about other people. Do they love me? Do they like me? Am I doing good? Am I not? It was, mm -hmm. I'm, I like myself. I'm happy. Are you happy? Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, do you love yourself? Are you, are you loving what you're doing? If not, let's change it because life is too dang short. It really Come is. On. Oh my God. So, I mean, oh, to, wow. add, to add this, this, this segue to that, cause I'm glad you brought the life too short thing here. Being able to make you obviously um, within the past, was it a year? That's the year. Has it been a year yet or eight months, 10 months? You went through a serious okay. health issue. Mm. Um, very traumatic. I mean, I feel like everybody, oh, has, yeah, you had a serious, like, yeah, like, yeah, let let's, me, let's, let's peg on that a little bit. I want to kind of, you know, cause people talk yeah. about life being short. My God, we should appreciate life. We should look like differently. Like as if no, tomorrow's not promised. And you're at a point where almost tomorrow wasn't promised to you. You know, you were not know if you're going to wake up next day. So fill us in a little bit. Those are listening. What, what that looked like. Yeah. So it was in um, April. Yeah. Uh, so just a couple months ago. So not that long, which is funny. Yeah. I did a podcast actually with my plastic surgeon because he was like, you need to tell people this. Like, this is crazy. So what happened is um, in the past year, I have lost about 90 pounds. And, mm -hmm. and that's, by the way, I'm coaching people on that too, because that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And um, I made the commitment. I said, look. I've had five full pregnancies, four living children. It does a lot on your body. And the hardest thing for me is my abdominals actually have torn. And they were so far apart that my back was hurting. I couldn't, even boating, because I have a big boat and I love boating. I, I couldn't go boating because it would throw me around. My back would hurt so bad because I had no support. So it was more of not a vanity, but more of like, I want to be fixed so I can enjoy life and do the things that I want to do. So I lost the weight. I scheduled the surgery. I want to do it before Greece because I said, I want to come out to the beach. I want to be able to paddleboard. I want to like really enjoy. And I had the surgery and basically what it was, was um, he has to open you completely up and he sews your muscles layer by layer together. Wow. Right. It's a 10 hour, about a 10 hour surgery. And they sew it layer by layer. And then he does a tummy tucks and takes the skin. So I had to lose the weight enough so that he could pull it down, fix it all up and stuff. So I had that done and I was a week in recovery. So he's never in his 20 years as a top surgeon ever had anyone seven days into recovery, have a hematoma and rupture. So what I had is inside my body, mm -hmm. a, a vein burst open, 
and I was spewing up blood. So he got me in. He was actually in the surgery center, which was, thank God. So he saw me right away. He moved some of his other surgeries. He took me in. I had to go in for another five-hour surgery. And he had to find where I was bleeding, cauterize it, make sure it stopped the bleeding, sew me back up again. By the time I came into recovery, the problem is the human body has about 4.7 liters of blood. I lost 2.7 liters in that five-hour surgery. The week before, I had a 10-hour surgery where I lost two liters of blood. And it takes months to recover the blood, right? So what happened is I was in the recovery room trying to wake up. And I was coming to, but I didn't feel well. And they were looking at me. And I told the nurse, I said, I'm really cold. I'll get you more blankets. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I'm cold on the inside. Mm. And the nurse ran and got the surgeon. And my surgeon came in. He's touching me. He's looking. He's looking at my stats. And I, I couldn't see the stats. But afterwards, he told me my blood pressure was 77. Wow. Basically, I didn't have enough blood in my body to survive. So he didn't delay. He didn't wait. He did nothing. He goes, we need to call 911 right now. And we need to get her to the hospital. And he sent me to the best hospital where he has rights to the hospital so he can come see me. So they, I don't even remember half of it, to be honest, because I was passing in and out. I didn't have enough blood. They took me into the emergency room. I don't remember going in, but you know, the ER shows where people are standing over you. Mm -hmm. And all I remember is it's a thousand people screaming at me, the brightest lights. Um, I was trying to breathe and I kept passing out and coming back. I mean, my blood Mm. pressure was 70. Like I had no blood pressure. Wow. And they're pushing blood as fast as possible. So they did three packs immediately. And I remember I was joking, my poor husband, he was standing there freaking out the whole time. Mm. And I was joking, I came to and I was like, oh, honey, I see a bright light. He's like, what? I'm like, should I go to the bright light? It's so bright. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, the lights are so bright. He's like, don't do that. That's not funny. (laughs) It was just a moment of like, funniness and then i would be like please don't let me die right yeah. and so through a lot but i was in the emergency room for a day and a half wow. um after they do so much blood they can't do more blood like they have to go slow or your body will reject it mm. what i found out afterwards when i was staying over in the in the emergency room because i you know I was sleeping there talking to the nurses and they said we were really worried about you and i said well because i was dying they said no we were concerned your, your body was going to reject the blood if it rejected the blood, it wouldn't be able to save you. Oh my gosh. And they said, you lost so much blood that the fear was we were pushing it so fast to give you blood. If your body rejected, you would have just died. We couldn't have done anything. So they were watching so strictly. And I did some CT scans to make sure that I wasn't bleeding internally. So I do that a couple of times. Now, remember, I can't move. My abdominals are sewn together right? I have no movement in my lower body at all. I'm being picked up, put in. I stayed a day and a half in the hospital after that. And here's what I tell people. I was 30 minutes from dying, literally dying. Like if I didn't call my surgeon and say I ruptured, something's wrong, like immediately. And he didn't take me in and all this didn't play out. I would have died. After that, I got out of the hospital. While I was in the hospital, I was, I couldn't move. Like literally I couldn't do anything. So I stayed there and I was on my phone while I was on my deathbed recovering, still trying to get my blood pressure up because it was going from 70 to 90, even after all the blood, I couldn't get it stabilized. I was moving real estate. I was still on my phone. Like, what else am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? Pity myself that I almost died? No. You know, I talked to my children. I talked to my husband, but I was texting. And when I recovered a week after that, 
I sold two $3.5 million homes. Jeez. Wow. And then a week after that, I sold a $1.4 million home. Wow. In 10 mm. days, I closed those two $3.5 million homes and got a commission check while I was like recovering. Mm. So it was, it was almost death, but you have a choice. Mm. And this is what so many people don't understand. It's like, should I go lie in bed and cry and say, I almost died. Oh my God. Like I'm scared. No, it was, I almost died. I thank God I didn't die. I love my children even more every day. Like I tell them all the time. I'm here in Greece. I'm swimming. I'm wearing a bathing suit. I'm enjoying life. And you can't let that almost death stop mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Right. Be smart. Mm -hmm. I tell people, be smart, be aware, know your body, understand, but it can't, it can't be the end to your life. If that makes sense. Like you have mm -hmm. to understand that things are going to happen and you have a choice. Wow. Yeah. wow. What choice do you want to take? Well, wow. I, I believe that's what life's all about, right? Life is all about choices. And you're either one choice or a decision away from changing your life dramatically, right? In, in, I mean, in that story, several instances, you were one decision and choice away from you being here and us not even having this conversation with you right now, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, but it's interesting. I think like most people in the world um, do not make drastic changes in their life for the better until something traumatic happens in their life, right? Whether they're at a close death experience or someone they love close to them is in a position where they're losing them and dying. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to stop smoking. Oh, I need to stop eating you know, eating horribly. I got to eat better. I got to do this. I got to do that. Why does it take such traumatic experiences mm -hmm. for us to make a decision to put a value on our life? Because it's like us valuing whether we're good enough or worthy enough to make a choice that's worth doing that, which it should be all along. And this is all hypothetical. We can talk about this all day long, right? About why you should think this way, why you shouldn't think that way, why we should do you know? But the truth is we just won't. As humans, I think we default to just not doing it because mm -hmm. that's just maybe, who knows? I love the fact about you saying, when's the last time you said you love yourself? Because mm -hmm. that's a perfect segue that like, if we mm -hmm. realized how much we did love yourself, self, we wouldn't really treat ourselves that way. We would treat it the best way. We, we'd really like worship our body, our soul, because it's something that's a gift from God, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I like, I'm like you too. Like my experience was now like, I do look at my, my body as I want to respect my soul. Mm -hmm. I want to respect it because God gave me the gift of life. And, and I, I'm still here. You're still here. We could be yeah. dead. If we're, if we're meant to die, we'd be dead right now. I know. Yes. Yeah. Right. We have a right. Purpose. right. Have a purpose. And, and there is um, Jim Quick. I love him. He was talking to the oldest woman, and I apologize. I can't remember her name. Um, but she talks about, I think she's like 102 or 103, something like that, maybe even older. Mm -hmm. And he goes, how do you live so long? And she goes, because I have a purpose in life. I don't mm -hmm. want to die. Like, I yeah. have so much that I want to do. Why not do it? Right? And so mm -hmm. every time I hear that, it makes me really think because I could have very easily. I was in so much pain. I mean, and going through another surgery and, and having seven days where the, it was very painful the first seven days from the first surgery, mm -hmm. having to go through that again, I had to recover for two more weeks. So mm -hmm. instead of having a two week total, I had three weeks mm -hmm. of recovery it was so bad. Um, I got reopened. So my scars are a little bit bigger, which I don't care. Again, I'm not vain. It doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. But it, he, you know, surgeon was like, you're going to have bigger scars. I'm like, I'm here. I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Come you, on. Know? you have to have a purpose to keep you going because I feel like too many people we talked about this a little earlier. You procrastinate or you get stuck or you just 
want to be so perfect or you feel like you can't do all these things well enough. So why try? And this comes back to the five year plan, right? Like people just get stuck and they circle and they just, they don't do anything. And it's like, tell yourself you love yourself, treat yourself with kindness. Oh my gosh. That's the biggest thing, right? So many people are so mean to themselves. I'm an idiot. I couldn't do it. Oh, I couldn't figure out. I'm still trying to figure out Facebook ads. And it's like, I've been working on them for years, failing, failing, failing. Finally, I was telling Chris the other day, I'm like, I read them and I got like this great result on them. Like, look at me. I'm so cool. And they're like the most basic ads, but <laughs> I don't care. They're yeah. working. Like, like this is, you know, I, these events that we're doing and I'm speaking at and stuff, we're filling them up. Half of them are me filling up through Facebook ads. Wow. Getting real estate agents to come here and we're hitting 50 people in each event. Athens, my last event is going to be one of the biggest events. And I have people messaging me all day long being like, I cannot wait to go to your event. I can't wait to do this. But I found them through Facebook because you can't go door knocking. You can't like, I'm in a different country, <laughs> right? But you have to love yourself and you have to find that gratitude inside and saying, it's okay if I mess up, like I'm human, but you know what? At the end of the day, I love my children. I love my team. Like I love Chris. I tell him all the time. Every time we talk, I'm like, I'm so grateful for you. Like yeah. if you didn't come into my life, I don't know where I would be. Like you have to find gratitude in what you do because if you don't, you miss the important stuff that moves you through. Come on. And that's so important to me. It's like finding the things that are going to move me through, find the gratitude. And if I stumble, I just always tell people, you're gonna, your path is going to be windy. It's not going to be a straight line. I stumble, I pick up, I figure it out. I stumble, I pick up, I figure it out. And But I'm enjoying things along the way. And I think that's the difference. A lot of people feel like they have to get so fast over there, they don't enjoy it, and they miss everything. It's like, enjoy life. It's, it's yeah. one life. That's all we have. Wow. Coco, you, I mean... Gosh, I got to tell you, every time I jump on with, with a new guest and, you know, I get to know them, it's always such a treat. I mean, it's your story, you know, you lead with such conviction and you really do set such a great example of leadership. I mean, not only for your organization, but your family, your kids and yourself, right? What you really are, are showing me on this podcast is so important, right? Like you're, you're not just doing this for everybody else, but you're doing this because you believe in yourself. And to hear that you were literally, you know, moments away on your deathbed. And then, you know, you fast forward and gave us a snippet that you locked up all those transactions after. I mean, that doesn't come from a place of a victim mindset. It's a very much of a victor mindset. And hearing your story, I mean, it's like 95% life is great and roses. And this 5% of, Hey, this is what happened to me. And like Chris was, you know, talking about recently, we do, we get caught up all, you know, that's just happened. You know, my mindset's here. I'm just going to sit and do nothing about it. And uh, it's so refreshing to hear your take on it of just being a complete victor over all of your circumstances and the fact that you're not settling, right? Like you had that goal. You, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this surgery. This is what I'm, I'm setting out to. I want to be here. This is my, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. You get it done. Things are coming at you. They're changing up the course, right? And you're like, no, 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 it's okay. We're still on track to where we're headed to. I'm still doing what I'm doing. Everybody settle down. And uh, I mean, that is a complete driver mentality. Um, but I want to go back on this a little bit more. So for agents out there that are looking to have this, you know, it seems like you do coaching, right? Um, on the side, how would someone get in connection with you to kind of get into those services? And yeah, so they can, they can find me on um, Facebook. Um, and it depends. So I have two different coachings that I do. 
-hmm. I do coach real estate agents. Um, and I do tend to coach agents who have been in the business for two years or more. Um, and typically they're already making maybe a hundred thousand dollars or so in commissions or more, just mm -hmm. because I have found that's my niche. And I just started launching my latest coaching, which I'm actually really excited about as well. I'm coaching moms who are entrepreneurs. Come on. Realize mm. that there's so many moms out there. You have your kids, you're mm -hmm. starting a business and we struggle because we're trying to be that mom. We're trying to be that wife. We're trying to be um, the business owner, the entrepreneur. And it is really hard to balance all of it, mm -hmm. especially you know, keeping fit, staying fit, eating healthy, all this stuff mm -hmm. that comes into play. So that's the second one that I'm doing where I really want to give back to moms who mm -hmm. want to be entrepreneurs because I have figured, I didn't figure it all out. I never tell anyone, I don't figure it all out. I don't know everything, but I figured a lot out. I have four little kids. Mm -hmm. I run around to school activities. I do everything. I do real estate. So I'm still active selling real estate and I have my coaching wow. and I do my speaking, right. And my trainings and stuff that I do. So I have learned how to juggle everything. It's a way of putting systems. So I would say the best way to find me would be on Facebook. And if people look me up at Christina Kokolianakis, I actually have a little pinned post that says, if you are a real estate agent, check out my, it's called the free agent project. Okay. Um, you can check out that one. But on my main personal page, I link people and tell them where to go because I have so many different things. But that would be the way, best way. Or they can find me on Instagram, which is, at Christina underscore Kokolayanakis. Heck yeah. By the way, love and cannot wait to see this, you know, Entrepreneurs for Moms, uh, this like actually release because that is such a need in this market. I know my wife, you know, she crushed corporate, you know, and then had children and said, hey, honey, I want to stay at home with these babies. We have three beautiful children, but I did watch her. And thankfully, you know, you know, my wife's a rock star as well. And she connects to other leaders. And so she has her own business that she runs and has amazing leaders to connect. But not having that, she even told me, she's like, I kind of lost a bit of my purpose in that realm because mm -hmm. I went from 100 miles an hour to wait, all these kids need me. And where's this time for me and time for us and time for, you know, and it's a, it's a whole world shift. And so to have somebody like yourself that gets it is a major, you know, shaker in the business world. I mean, you're going to change so many lives with that. That's awesome. Thank you. you know, That's the goal. Yeah. What's interesting is this too, for those that are listening, you're hearing your story, like all this, um, of, like levels of like you've reached your goals, right? Doing all this stuff, the speaking, the traveling, the, all over the country, building a national team. I just want to kind of say this real quick, and I'm not, not putting you on front street at all, but let's go back real quick um, a bit when you started your attempted to start your first one in the Bay Area. Like, mm -hmm. right, I just want to make sure everybody understands how normal and human you are. And yeah. like, they're thinking, oh my God, Coco just got it all figured out. She's a rock star. She's, you know, she's so good and she's so tenacious and she's burning her boats and she's burning shit and whatever she's doing. She's a rock star. No. So many of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, so many. But, Totally, but she just but not, she fumbled the very first one, and, and it was like actually I think you ended up canceling it. We were trying to put something on, and you canceled it. It didn't even show up. So I just I'm thinking in my head, holy shit, good for you for doing this internationally, because your first attempt was locally in the Bay Area, and it and blew up, and it blew up, <laughs> and and he didn't let that stop you. But like, okay, I mean, you could have threw a towel and like, you know what, this maybe is not my thing. Look, maybe I mean, so okay, so I'm gonna tell everyone kind of the backstory of it so everyone understands like what it was. I really, I love speaking. I love training. I love getting in front of people. What I have found is my energy 
is really good. And people tell me when they're in front of me, computer works well too, but I find that when I'm, Chris knows, Chris has been in front. Mm -hmm. We've been together. Yeah. We've had fun because we hang out. Yeah. You get more energy with me when you're in the room with me. And, and I can speak, I read people very well. So I can speak to you without even knowing, like, I know what you're already thinking before you think it kind of thing. Yep. And I said, okay, I want to do this event in South Lake Tahoe. I have an Airbnb up there. It's really big. And I said, people are going to want to come. I'm going to do like a half day event. I'm going to provide food. It's going to be really, really fun. And I'm going to teach and train. And we're going to talk about so many different things. It's going to be awesome. I planned it. I booked it. Right. It's my house too, which was the good thing. I didn't lose any money. But I booked <laughs> it. So I lost Airbnb money, but I booked it. I was like, I got this. I hit the phone. I was calling agents and inviting them. I was emailing them. I had it on Eventbrite. I, in my mind, was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to sign up. I'm going to get, like, 50 people. I don't know if I can fit 50 people in the family room. And I got no one. No wow. one. No one. Wow. Chris knows. I actually cried. I was crying he so did. hard. Like, I mm. was like, what is wrong with me? Like, mm. I had a moment where, and people have this, and it's okay to have it. It really is. I literally doubted myself. I said, maybe I'm not a speaker. Maybe I'm not meant to do mm -hmm. this. Like, mm -hmm. I, nobody wanted to come. Like, mm -hmm. I, and I was trying so hard. And Chris helped me out. Brent jumped on, and he helped me out. My husband helped me out. And they were just like, that. that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like, this was not meant to be this, this event. Like, we just didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. Reset and do it again. So I told them, I said, okay, I don't know if I'm going to do events. I'll do stuff online because I tend to get more people online. And then with Greece, it all kind of came together. And we have had four events. Um, three are already done. I've been traveling. So I was in Thessaloniki. I did um, Heraklion, which is a part of Crete. Hanya, which is another part of Crete. And then I have Athens. And I've never had it where... Basically, I'm training agents out here on how to sign exclusive agreements with international buyers. Because mm. what they do is they end up having 20 buyers. They have a problem with listings as well. They don't have exclusive listings either. But they'll have like 20, 30 buyers and they close nothing. Mm. No money guaranteed, nothing. They just kind of like working with whoever and they never really close stuff. Mm. So I said, look, my business has made 90% of international buyers. It's mainly Indian from India or um, Chinese from Asia, right, from China. So those are my two client base that I typically work with, which is really funny because I have no connection at all, <laughs> which a lot of people right. ask me how to do it. So I'm out here training and I built it up and I have people coming. And for Athens, it's going to be one of our largest events. I'm actually hiring a videographer to record it and everything because I want to be able to show other people how to do it, what we're doing and all this stuff. But the first event, I, I cried. It was really traumatic for me. Wow. And at her probably a few months. I was like this, I'm not cut out for it. Like wow. I shouldn't do this. These events here after every event. And now my Greek is not very good. So we have the broker of Greece who's the, um, with the XP who's there as well. And he'll translate, you know, for a lot of the agents who don't speak as fluent English, but they'll come up and they go, I know my English is not very good. I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to tell you, you are amazing. Did I say that right? Amazing. Like, you know, like, like, wow. You know, they're trying to, I'm like, yes, you said it right. And they go, like, you just, you gave me nuggets. You, you, I got so many good takeaways. And they're trying so hard to express yeah. what they got. And, and literally the broker agrees. He's so funny. He's very, very D driver too. He's like, okay, I'm going Coco. I'll see you outside because I have a line of people waiting to talk to me. Mm -hmm. so 
come on. <laughs> right? So it just, it warmed my heart that, okay, this is my purpose. But come I on. have to be more creative in how I, I build my events and do my events. And I love being up there. I love talking. I love sharing. I love making it interactive where actually I ask someone to say, okay, why don't you think you can do it? I, I really want to hear honestly. Well, because of blah, blah, blah. And I go, hmm, well, let's dig deeper. And then I'm here coaching this guy in front of all these people who are just like, that's a fascinating way to look at it. I would never have thought it that way. You know, so yeah. helping one, I'm helping all of them while I'm also have a whole training that I'm going through. I love it. I really love it. I think it's so much fun. And so I'm going to try to do more and more. But here I had to go to Greece to do it. <laughs> I couldn't I know, right? it hard. Yeah, but look at the growth in yourself. Like they say, the best way to learn is to teach. Mm -hmm. And so you're such a great teacher that you're like exponentially learning so much. And yes, maybe you had to travel thousands of miles away to a completely different country for you to get great at this, to find your niche and find your groove mm -hmm. and come back and just take that and run it here locally too. Right now, like you have experience you have backing on this now. You have confidence. And even though, I mean, again, I want people that are low, they're listening out there. When they hear you, you have confidence in your voice. You have confidence the way you speak. You have confidence the way you act. Mm -hmm. Yet you lack the confidence when that first defeat happened. Mm -hmm. And now you're back at where you've recharged your confidence level. So it's just normal. It's human. It's, it's normal to fail. It's normal not to succeed. It's normal not to make it happen. It's normal not to walk up and hit a home run. Yeah, it's it's okay to hit a, fr a first base hit, right? It's it's a first base on hit, and that's where you start moving forward and you continue. So I love your experience. I love your journey, and and I'm glad you had this experience to go to Greece and and maybe even the traumatic experience with you know your near death experience was a part of that journey. Yeah, it, it propelled you even more to look at things completely differently and to to like from a different lens. And now yeah. you're just excelling I, I can see like sun rays coming off yeah. of your forehead not like figuratively but like it just joy yeah it's joy it is and it's like yeah i'm tired here here's the cool thing yes i'm in i'm on the island of crete which if you ever get to or you've been here it is amazing i am cretan my husband's cretan as well so we're seeing That's a lot awesome. of family. we're enjoying people too one of the coolest things my husband's like make sure you have time for vacation like he keeps pushing me because i'm so I love what I do that I do so much of it. Sometimes I don't realize I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm meeting with agents. I have one tomorrow that I'm in meeting with. And I ask them so many things. And, and I offer so much free advice of how I could help them. But the funny thing is, I tell them, I go, I'm not going to shit all over you. I'm not going to tell you, you should do this. You should do that. You should. No, I want you to figure out what you need to do for your business to excel. Mm -hmm. But if I can offer some insight or help guide you to something, Mm -hmm. that I want to be able to do that. And I'm meeting with them. And what I do is I ask so many questions that now I'm actually, I know how real estate is really run by the agents out here in Crete, in mainland and all these different places and the true struggles they have. And they all go, Oh, you don't understand because you're in, you're in the United States. They do it differently. And they got it all figured out. I'm like, actually we have a lot of the same struggles. Mm -hmm. Real estate, real estate is real estate. Mm -hmm. One of the comments in one of my seminars was we got to elevate our clients so that they understand we have to do this, but how do we elevate our clients? And I said, do you want to think that one through a little more or do you want me to give you the answer? And everybody was like, just give us the answer because we don't know. And I said, you as the real estate agents have to elevate your clients. If you don't elevate yourself and you don't elevate everyone you talk to by setting the expectation that this is what we do and how we do it, 
Mm-hmm. Your clients won't get elevated. Mm-hmm. They will never change. They will expect to call 500 agents to work with. Yeah. This is they do. They'll call these agents. They have no agreements. They'll work with whoever has a property. There's a lot of problems out here with how the properties are done. They don't really have addresses or real pictures or whatever. It's really hard. <clears throat> and I said, if you don't think outside the box and do it a different way yourself and elevate yourself and help mm-hmm. agents around you elevate, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Clients won't elevate. Nothing will elevate. You're stuck in the same whole rut that you're doing. So why are we doing it? And they well, were just like, yeah, they're probably blown away. And it speaks to a lot of your experience to even get there to give them that message. You know, um, as you're telling me this story, you know, it reminds me a lot. And I'm sure you've probably seen the hallmark where Jesus is standing there and there's, you know, he's got his child and that he's asking for the small teddy bear. And then he has the picture that shows the picture behind Jesus and he's got this massive teddy bear. Right. So he's asking for this little teddy bear. And in exchange, if you give him the, the little teddy bear, he'll give you the big teddy bear. And I feel like hearing your story, that was your Tahoe experience, right? You set up this awesome mastermind. You thought it was going to be off the charts, all these things. You learned all these tools and systems to create this event. And you thought, this is it. And then God's like, no, no, no. I got something even bigger. You now, because I'm going to show you. Now you not only have proof of concept because you've failed and then have a success here. But now these agents are saying, oh, no, you don't get it. Oh, you don't get it. You don't understand the problems. No, no, I, I actually do. I, I thought that this was the big ticket item, but actually here's the bigger teddy bear that I, I received here and I have the solution. And uh, that, man, that just has to gain confidence in yourself. Not only now that you went out there and now that you had this failure here, now you're seeing the success here. I'm assuming you're, you know, when you run up against that road again, you're going to steamroll right past it because you know, Hey, yeah, this one wasn't a success, but 10 others down the road are. And uh, coaching others there is, is only going to magnify that too. Yeah. And it's really that purpose, right? Because people are like, Oh, you just, you're doing it because you want to be a speaker and you want to do what the funny thing is. No, Yes, I want to be a speaker. And yes, those are different things. But I do it because I get joy. And yes, it gives me confidence when people are like, you were amazing because I have self-doubts like everybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. And so many times I'm like, that was horrible. Did I do good? Like, I don't know. You know, because in my mind, I have this perfect picture of how everything has to go. And then I don't know if it went the way other people liked it or not because I don't think it went so good. And so for me, it's like, to hear people say that I changed their life or I gave them some really great nuggets or I told them things they never thought was possible. Now they know it's possible. It brings me so much joy that I'm like, I want to do it for you. And I want to do it for you. Like I want to help people because when you have those realizations of joy and you realize so many different things, like I feel like so many, especially real estate agents, we get stuck. Mm -hmm. We get these people who tell us you have to have a thousand leads. No, you know, it's like, oh, you have to have a thousand leads. You have to funnel them through. You have to do all this. You have to do this. Oh, you have to buy leads from here and you have to do that. And you have to work 60 hours and you have, we get so overwhelmed that we're like, oh, I I can't figure it out. Or or we have to have marketing. We have to have Facebook. We have to have Instagram. You have to do all these things. And that's analysis paralysis for me. Like it's so much that I am a perfectionist, like, cause I renovate homes. I remodel. I do all this. I like to have things look a certain way. I have a vision and then I make that vision. In real estate, it's hard for me because I felt like, oh, I had to have this Instagram account, which by the way, mine's like, I just started it probably like six or eight months ago. Like that's how I'm into it. Cause they were like, someone was like, you have to have it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. But like, I was, I had analysis paralysis because I was so afraid it wasn't perfect. 
because I didn't know how to do post or I don't know how to make it consistent. And I still don't. But I realized that you have to just do it. If something you enjoy and it brings you joy, do it. I give so much away for free. Everyone asks me, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Because it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to make money off it. It's like, no. I really, you, you growing and excelling as a real estate agent, mm-hmm. it levels all of us. So if I can help you grow, I'm going to grow automatically and we mm-hmm. all do better. And I get so much joy and happiness. I'll do it all day long. Yeah. Love that. Thank, thank you, EXP. That's what our whole entire model is about, right? It's a win-win model. It, here. Literally yep. synonymous. Man, Coco, this has been amazing. I honestly have even learned more about you, honestly, on this podcast too than we've even talked off off topic, you know, and off the microphone. And um, you're just an amazing. I mean, we've learned everything from purpose, love, joy, passion, honesty i mean everything you have contribution servitude everything you have all these qualities um i don't think there's anything you can't touch that won't turn to freaking gold come on that's just what it is i feel like you just have this thing like okay if you're like you're almost like like that kid mikey you know the life serial kid you know let's get mikey he'll do anything right he'll eat anything like coco will do anything and if you do it she'll make it happen like i feel that's like right. that's just your go-to person so um extremely blessed and honored to even have you part of our team freedom organization um i can't wait to be more with you in person when you get back in greece um and just have you around. I mean, love to have some of your training and coachings with us on the Team Freedom. Another vibe add to us, you know, to come do some of that. We'd love to have that access to that and be a part of it. Um, but just hearing your story has been amazing. And again, super grateful. Love that you've been part of our Team Freedom. Always a great show. And for those in the podcast world or listeners, we appreciate everybody that listens to us on a weekly basis because we hope we're bringing some major value to you. And today was packed with value. I mean, if you didn't get something from this today, you got to be deaf, dumb, and blind. I'm just being honest, right? You, you really got to be deaf, dumb, and blind. And just keeping that real. Like, this was a packed version of, like, literally you started a journey from bottom, ground, floor one, and you went to level 32 and everything in between, right? And you made Facts. it so relatable, right? So relatable and so transparent that anybody can potentially do this. There's no freaking excuses. Just get your ass off the fucking couch and go to work. That's how I feel. So, it's, yeah. It's yeah. really finding your, it's finding your nuggets that work for you. And this is what I tell everybody. It's Every conversation you have or whatever you do in life, find the golden nuggets that work for you because my journey is not your journey. Chris's journey is not your journey. You have to find your own. And too many people are trying to do someone else's journey. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. it your own. Find what you truly enjoy. If you love doing videos, do videos. If you like writing blogs, write blogs. Like my daughter wrote a book when she was 11 because she wanted to write a book and I helped her publish it. And she's a four-time Amazon bestseller because I encouraged her to find something she enjoys. So yeah. find what you like, pull nuggets out of these podcasts. Chris does a great job with you know bringing people on to discuss different things. He talks a lot about great stuff. Just find little things that you can just start implementing. And I promise you, it starts the wheel and the yep. movement goes. Consistency is all consistency. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate you, Coco. Love you to death. Uh, safe travels and you're back when you come. When, is your, when are you coming back, by the way? When is your time I'll back? I'll be back August 3rd. Okay. And then, yeah. And then okay. I don't know if I'll see you, but we got to we gotta get together for some dinner. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I leave August 9th, so we got a few days okay. there before I leave. But yes, yeah. absolutely. Safe travels to your family. Enjoy this. I love your growth. Um, and as always, we appreciate all the guests. And for those that are new, we love hearing you too. So until next week, have an amazing week. Go out and crush it. We love you all.